Welcome to the Deeper Dive. Sincerely apologize that we actually missed last week, but that's because we had a local fest going on in our our church. What was uh guys? What was local fest here at Bethel Church? What was local fest? Uh, I believe it was over fifty local ministry partners across all three campuses. Uh, the campuses took time. We paused and just showcased the different ministry partners that we have. The opportunities that exist there. I think it was over 50. We had yeah. uh, we had six in the Prosser campus, um, and that was not all of them that we partner with, so probably, yeah, probably over 50. Okay. Yeah, so our church continues to really have a strong connection with nonprofits mm-hmm. and ministries in our in our local community. It's, it's been great. Yeah. What, what did you think, Ed? I thought it was awesome. One of the, the things I said in the message last week was it's like a, a way to activate this part of our discipleship of serving. And I think it's just, it was an awesome opportunity to, to have a lot of ministries. You can't do all of them, but to be able to look around and see like, is the Lord leading me towards one of these where I can, if I'm not serving, I can get engaged and do that because there's something there for the community, but there's also something there for us as we want to grow in Christ likeness. So I okay. thought the, the team that put that together, like Angie and Andrea, mm-hmm. at least at the Richland campus, I know the local outreach team in West Pasco. I'm not, I forget who leads that charge. Is that, did you do, bit, did you do bit, that, uh, Cindy? Yeah, a little bit of everybody. I mean, Cindy, Cindy, mostly. We, uh, yeah. This is just the beauty of being uh, one church in three locations. Because yeah, Andrea really partnered with Cindy oh. to to pull that off and Prosser too. So, so cool. we can just say like Andrea did an incredible job <laughs> leading us into our job. first yeah. local fest. Probably home snoozing away right now. She's probably here doing something. I'm sure. Yeah, like. she probably is. So <laughs> it was it was a it was a great morning. Well, kind of backing off, kind of look at our whole church. You know, we don't, we we don't want to be a church that simply teaches the word. We want to be a church that lives out the word, right? Mm-hmm. Which is exactly, well, partly what Haggai, the prophet Haggai, is telling his. Get you, Dave, people. the man of transition. What, what, what a what transition! Do you think about that? Oh, good. A little little segue action there. So, hey, before even. Um, kind of get into what we're going to look at today and based on what we did last week in our sermons. Um, what has been you guys' favorite part or something that's been a bit of an aha for you in the book of Haggai? Ooh, mm. man. It's been, been quite a bit, I know. What's What's been, once again, what been kind of an aha or maybe a favorite part for you? Adam, you got something there? I, I do, but I want to hear what you're going to say first. Man, the whole book is an aha. <clears throat> I've been thinking about it for a while. I feel like there are continual, on, ongoing ahas. Um, I think my favorite section so far has still been that first that first section in Haggai we looked at a month or so ago. Just the the call to look at your ways and to consider like how good your life was when you weren't prioritizing God, and then looking at like what it means to prioritize God. That to me is just it has continued to come back and challenge my own mind and my priorities. Yeah. So. Yeah, truth be told, Adam, I was on vacation Ooh. that Sunday, uh, and we live streamed it. Mm. And, and I did you really? Yeah, did and you, bro? I was I, I, well, I was with my family. I said, guys, we have to. I'm not, I'm not trying to like butter you up. I said, guys, we have to listen to this yeah. message because I know Haggai. I, I, Adam's going to ask me about it tomorrow. I've seen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen the content behind the yeah. scenes. Like I've, I've put in some work with these guys, and, and I said, man, this is going to be a really good message. Mm. And the whole book is so kind of 
don't know if it's cheating. I would say just the whole book has been a blessing, mm-hmm. kind of an aha moment. I think it's more specifically, uh, I've mentioned this before, I've never done a deep dive study into Haggai. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those little weird minor prophets that you read through and it, you know, and it takes you 10 minutes to read through it and, yeah. and then you're on to the next minor prophet uh, that I've never spent some time mm. on it. And, and it is, it is enriching. Yeah. It's been cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and ask for my own question. So I, and this is probably just because it was my week to preach, mm-hmm. but you know, just uh, uh, two weeks ago talking about, you know, people are comparing the second temple with the first temple and that sort of thing. And kind of one of the bigger thoughts that comes out of that is, you know, God is telling these people, look, do not dismiss the day of small things hmm. because they are going to fit into a bigger picture. Hmm. You guys just do what you're supposed to do. I mean, it, after I spoke on that, I was just reflecting on it and just people talking about it with me and stuff. I, I just found that so freeing. Hmm. I mean, when, when we live in a society that can constantly seems to compare you know, it's one of the things on social media you just cannot get away from. You know, it's just comparing your family and how much fun somebody else is having and what they're doing with their life. And it, it can look like everybody else's life is like awesome and yours is not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that, you know, that message on Haggai mm. that, that came to us that week, just, I just found it so free. I really did. Mm. Yeah, don't compare. Do your thing. You think it's small, it'll fit into God's bigger picture. Mm. Yeah, well. beautiful. All right. Well, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, I think, I mean, if we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it, um, yeah, just the overall message that, uh, yeah, prioritizing God, um, looking at our lives, and we we spend time, I mean, how Haggai puts is, why should you live in paneled houses while my house is in ruins? And mm-hmm. the, the illustration that I made, that first... Um, that first sermon that I preached in Haggai was, um, what is God's house now? It's not a church anymore. I mean, it's not like that's a building we worship in, but God's house is our, ourselves. Like we're new covenant people. So, uh, the spirit of the temple. Yes, we are the temple. So, uh, if you think about it that way, and are we prioritizing not only the, the, the family of God, but are you, are we prioritizing our own temple? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, with our own spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, 1% life, um, those things. So that's good. All right. Yeah, gosh, it's a good book. Yeah. Thanks well, for this here. Part yeah. of what we do in the deeper dive is we select some aspect of the previous week's message to go mm-hmm. deeper into. Uh, Sometimes just we do that just because it's so profound, and every once in a while because we might have kind of differing opinions on that. So one of the passages we'll look at here in a few minutes actually is kind of I guess you want to call it controversial because it's the Hebrew behind it is is difficult. I personally do not speak Hebrew, but in reading commentaries, so. But let me ask you guys this: um, what do you what do you do? What do you do that you think is consistently blessed? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like every time you do that, God blesses it, right? And it's not not necessarily because you're like so great. You just recognize, man, this is just one of the things the Lord blesses me in. So what? How would you answer that? Hmm. Pause. Pregnant pause. Um. Gosh, I want to give like the church answer. Yeah, uh, and, and the church answer. Uh, whenever, <clears throat> whenever I open up God's Word, spend time with the Lord in prayer, Bible study, I, I'm blessed. Um, but that's that's the church answer, and that is correct. That's not untrue. Like that is one. It, it, no, no time spent with God is is time wasted. 
But I think you're looking for something else, right? You're looking for, you're not looking for the church answer. Well, I mean, it could be, right? I mean, it could be like your spiritual gift. Like if, Brooks, your your preaching is consistently, like when you do it, people are blessed. It's, I mean, it is, I think for both you guys, that that really is part of the answer. By the way, here a couple of weeks ago, you spoke, you, Brooks, spoke at the, uh, at the youth, the uh, high school group over in, um, over in Rich, at the Richland campus. And it was, dude, the Lord blessed you and blessed us. Like I was blessed to be there. It, it was just, it was just really cool. So dude, I, you, you say it's a church answer, but I affirm what you, what you've got. Like that, that is something that you do and it's, it's blessed. I'd say that. the same thing about you, Adam. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. I think it, it depends on how you view, like, or how you define blessing. It's like, I don't think it's too, too churchy of an answer to say that. Like when you, when you focus on the spiritual disciplines or you go to church when you don't feel like you want to go to church. And if you're listening, like if you're honest with yourself, you don't want to go to church every week, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but you go and you're like, I'm, I'm going to go anyway. Yeah, or a when ten, you, there's a 10 a.m. <clears throat> football game and you're right. Right. It's like two weeks in a row here for the Seahawks. Um, or if you're just like, man, I'm really struggling to have patience with my kids or this person in my life, or I'm struggling with my spouse in this way, but you choose to love and show patience and grace. Like there's a blessing in all of those things that doesn't look like I open up my bank account app and all of a sudden I've got like a thousand more dollars. <laughs> like yeah. that's not the kind of blessing we're talking about, I don't think. As nice as that would be, but okay. Right. And it doesn't mean that I'm not frustrated still or tired, but there is a blessing that comes from like God's smile and assurance and the joy of life with him when you do the things he's called you to do. And I think like there's someone on the Mount talks about like the blessing of life in the kingdom, which doesn't look like your bank accounts overflowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Lord does provide financially in amazing ways, yeah. but like the consistent thing is like your life f- looks different and your experience of the Lord is different when you are walking in obedience and you're doing the things he calls you to do. Well, and how many people actually do have fat bank accounts actually have great lives they don't realize that they're probably in the ten, top 10% of wealthy people in the world and are absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 they're popping pills. Uh, you know, they're doing whatever else, just, yeah. you know, happy pills, right. make themselves happy and stuff. I'm not trying to thrash on anybody that, <laughs> that has to take medication, but I mean, we, we, we live in one of the most medicated yeah, societies right. on or the most medicated society on earth. And that's with all our wealth. Right. Right. And so I, I think, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady did an interview years ago. I mean, the guy is, he's been playing for so long. I feel like he had already been playing for a while when he did this interview and he had won a few Super Bowls. I think he's now what at seven. And he was reflecting on how, like, no matter how many he wins, he's not satisfied. And yeah. there's something deeper that he's like, isn't there more to life than just this, but I can't stop wanting this. Yeah. And here he is like, he's like 45 and he's still playing in the NFL, still chasing more rings. Like that to me captures like the human experience of, yeah, you can fill yourself with all of yeah. money and things and the supermodel wife and all these Super Bowl rings. And like yeah. for Tom Brady, he's still searching for what's yeah what's deeper. Yeah, exactly. It's like the book of Ecclesiastes. Right, yeah, right? totally. Yeah, it's emptiness, emptiness, everything everything yep. apart from God. God's ways are empty. Well, um, I said at the beginning that sometimes we look at passages that are um, not necessarily controversial, but they're hard to figure out. And problem, and problematic. They're problematic. Yeah, you can go this way or that way in the interpretation, and there's good people on both sides of it. And that was one of the passages we wrestled with last week in the second chapter of Haggai, where um, the people are not doing great on building the temple. See if I got this right. Not doing great on building the temple, but if got back to it, they are doing some work. And then the Lord says, hey, I want you guys to think back on how things mm-hmm. were for you before you started doing the work. 
And as you recall, he tells the people, man, you guys are putting in a bunch of work and get maybe 50, 50% yield on your crops. Mm. Things were not going well for you. And then the Lord says, hey, from this day on, I am going to bless you. Uh, your, your seed's going to bear fruit and hang in there. You guys are going to see it. So there's a couple of different ways we could kind of look at that where God's stepping in saying, now I'm going to bless you. Could, could one of you guys like sup- summarize kind of the two different views on that? Because I don't want to do it. Can, can you clarify it. the question a little bit? Like, re- yeah. like rephrase it? So God steps in mm-hmm. and he says, okay, you guys have started the work. I'm going to bless you now as kind of perhaps as messed up as you are. I'm going to bless you. So why is why did God bless the people at that point? Like in Hag- and you're talking in this passage that we're yeah, at last right week. Haggai. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you could take it in different ways. One is that God is blessing them because they've gotten busy and they got back to work. God said, "Hey, build my house," and they do it. So God is blessing them. Um, another view that you could take here is that like God, despite who they are and what they're doing. Because they're building, but they're also imperfect still, and right. they're they're not going to be able to keep it up forever. God says, like, regardless, I'm going to bless you. And there's like this, uh, maybe a, a a bigger principle of like the gospel they're working, where God's like, despite your sinfulness and your your unfaithfulness, like I'm going to bless you anyway. I don't think those are like com- necessarily competing views of the text, but they're maybe different. Like how you see that verse in verse 19, where God says but from this day on, I will bless you. Like, is that tied to what they've done or is it just God literally surprising them with, I'm going to bless yeah, you regardless. Like an act of grace. Yeah, like, yeah. even though I think the first one's an act of grace too because their work is imperfect. Like, this yeah. one's maybe even more of a surprise like the other view. Yeah, just so we're clear, the, <clears throat> the text that we're talking about is Haggai 2, 10, yeah. verses 10 through 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts with this weird illustration that, uh, Haggai says, okay, go, or uh, God says, hey, go ask the priest this. And he says, if someone carries something holy, a holy meat, consecrated meat in their garment, and it mm-hmm. touches bread or stew, or does, because it's holy meat that is touching bread, does the bread become holy? And the answer is no. Right. And then it reverses it. If, if someone clean touches something that's cursed, did that person become unclean? And the answer is yes. There's weird illustration that goes in there. And then, and then Haggai, speaks before the Lord and says, man, you were, you were harvesting, but you didn't get a full harvest. You, you only yield ha- half of your crop, um, all these things. And, and then he ends with, um, I will bless you. <laughs> it's just, so it's kind of a, that, that's, that's the passage we're talking about just to clarify. And it's like, what is, what's the, What's the prophet trying to communicate here? What is God trying to communicate here through yeah. the prophet? So like you said, I, th- I think it's good what you said, Adam. I don't think either one of these views are competing. The mm-hmm. Because I, because uh, Israel did X, Y, and Z, God's going to bless them. Or the other view of despite them, th- their actions, God will bless them. I don't think they're competing. No. Um, I, think we see, I think we can see draw both of them out here in the passage. Um, and that's the great thing about scripture is it kind of, I think, yeah. points to a couple different, couple different uh, outcomes. So there, there is a definite thread of teaching in the Old Testament, right? Just Deuteronomy, uh, Leviticus, Amos, where you know, God's pretty clear. It's like, look, if you obey, mm-hmm. if you obey my precepts, if you do what I tell you to do, here's all these good things that are going to happen to you. 
going to bless your crops. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bless your families. You're going to have a bunch of kids. You're going to whoop your enemies. It's going to be awesome. And then he says, but if you don't, and then it's this list of cursings that are mm-hmm. just terrifying, right? Your, your crops are going to fail. Uh, your prayers aren't going to be answered. Uh, you know, you're not going to have as many children and this sort of thing. And I think that that is, I would say, I think that is, people see the God of the Old Testament as a harsh God, as one who's like, he's got his hand raised, just ready to like, ah, uh, God's going to get you for that. Boom. There's a country and western song. God's going to get you for that. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Cash. Yeah, for every bad God's thing that you, you do, God's going to get you for that. Okay. I think that is how a lot of people's view of God is, that he's up there just ready to swat anything gets out of line. He's a total killjoy. So is that, maybe that goes without saying. What? Well, first of all, is that true? Do you think a lot of people, do you guys think a lot of people kind of see God in that? That's yeah. how they see God? Yeah, I do think people yeah. typically see that. Okay. They thought God's violent or God's, yeah, God's too judgy. What's interesting is when you actually flip to the New Testament, like we're talking about the same God in the flesh with Jesus. Like when you read Jesus's words, especially to the religious leaders and talks about warnings and judgment, like Jesus isn't any less severe than like what you see in the Old Testament. Um, and, and I think that that's a challenge on, on how you read both the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and understanding those things. Adam, does obedience lead to blessing? Uh, again, I think it depends on the kind of blessing you're talking about. Um, I think the scripture makes it clear that like choosing, yeah, to obey God brings fullness and life and joy in him. If what you're, if what you're asking is like, does it always bring material blessing or is there a guarantee? Like, no, it, it doesn't. And um, God does, God does provide for all of your needs as his child, but like that doesn't, it does not, there's not like a, an equation there. It's like, like the health wealth gospels where it's like, if you do this, then you're going to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's what you're asking, no, but blessing in terms of enjoying God's, God's favor and God's love and the joy of the Lord in the kingdom. Yeah. then yeah, it does. Like okay. it does. Cause that's kind of what we're getting at here, right? That verse, verse uh, 15 of Haggai two says, God speaking through Haggai says, now then consider from this day onward, like consider from this day forward. And this is before a stone was placed on the temple of the Lord, before you started rebuilding the temple. And he asks, how did you fare? Like, how was life before that? And then he, that's when he goes into, mm-hmm. man, you were, you wanted 20 measures, but there was only 10 of wheat. You wanted to draw 50 measures of oil, but there was only 20. Um, you, you, right. And making the point that you didn't start you could insinuate this from the text that you didn't start getting blessed until you started working on the temple. And because you started working on the temple, I'm going to bless you. And that's, that, that is kind of problematic, right? To our message. I mean, I mean, why, why is that problematic? Is it, is it the, is it the message, um, a quid pro quo? Like if you work for God, then you will get blessed. That could, that could, you could read that out of here. It's like, now that you are working on the temple, I will bless you. Um, and is that the kind of God that we serve? I think it's God is always trying to align our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. He wants our hearts to align with Him. In fact, one of the reasons God withheld blessing and even brought cursing to peoples was so they would wake up mm-hmm. and return to Him. Yep. So even the withholding of blessing or even cursing, actually in the end, the, yeah. the Lord's not doing it to simply punish, right? The Lord is doing it so they will return to him. Mm-hmm. It's all, it gets back to the, 
Adam, you're talking about blessing. Yeah, we can work our lives off and give ourselves, work our lives off, work, work. That didn't sound, that sound weird. We can work really hard in our lives, mm-hmm. work our tails off, <laughs> but it may be for what? Like you're going to die and you're going to face the Lord. Isn't right. it better that God maybe shows you the emptiness of your life so that you mm-hmm. can return to him so they can give you the greater blessing? So that's mm. if I could go back to Haggai Brooks, I, I think that's part of it. Is the Lord does the Lord want them to work on the temple? Yes, He does, but He wants them to care about His work right. because that is His presence on earth, right? right? So He's like, get 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 your get your hearts right, get your get your priorities right. Mm-hmm. And I'll bless you for this. Yeah, I would say this passage that we that we're reading, Haggai two, is scripture. That's true. It's good. Um, but this shows the importance of interpreting scripture through scripture and knowing all of scripture. I mean, you can cherry pick verses or sections out and interpret that in, in, um, independently. And you can come to a three quarter truth conclusion, you know, it's three quarters truth with a quarter of a lie in there. Um, and that's why I think I would look at this and like this is good, this is truth, this is uh, this is scripture. But but if we're not, if, if we don't uh, carefully interpret scripture through scripture and with the entire counsel of God, we're gonna we might come to a right. wrong conclusion. We might we might read that and say, oh, if I okay, if I just act how God wants me to act, then I'm give, gonna have give, give more money to the church. Yeah, exactly. Go get more money to the church. Not that we're against that, by the way. <laughs> Go to church. If I go on a mission trip, oh man, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to go on a mission trip. And after I go on this mission trip, um, God's really going to bless me. So there are some traps, some possible traps to obeying the Lord and then expecting some kind of blessing in, re- yeah. in return. What might, what, what might be some of those traps? One of the traps, well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think this is, this might be disagreeing with what you're saying. I don't think it is. But I do think when you put your hand to the plow, and you're obeying the Lord, like you should expect there to be blessing there. Yeah. <laughs> like again, like it's a certain kind of blessing, and it's not you can't put God in a box and say this is what it's gonna look like. But I mean, I think the message of Haggai is like when you prioritize the Lord, you get the Lord. And like you're enjoying his presence, you're enjoying using your life for his purposes. Like there is a blessing there. Um and I think he's promising that. I think I think even Jesus promises the fullness of life when we are following him, like fullness of life in him. And so I do think that we, when we do put our hands to the work, we need to, in our minds, understand like what that what that is that we're looking for. Okay. Like if we start to put like a number on it or some kind of like return that God's going to give us, like we've gone astray. Fourteen percent. If you, mm-hmm. if God is going to give you fourteen percent or whatever, right? Yeah, but I don't think that's the same thing as saying, like, man, if our church prioritizes the Lord, like, we still will struggle and have hardships as a church, but um, we're going to grow together. We're, the Lord's going to use us for the community, for His kingdom, and He's going to He's going to provide for us for our needs. Like, yeah. we can't discount those things. Yeah. But one of the ways we can go wrong is by starting starting to like hold God's arm and be like, well, I thought you're going to give this to me because I did this for right. you. I thought you were going to provide for me over here because I did this for you. Like that's that's one of the the dangers is where yeah. it's like this it's a some kind of exchange where you're like I do yeah. this you do this for me and that's yeah. not that's not the heart that the Lord wants. Yeah, transactional. Yeah, transactional yeah. relationship. Yeah, like that's right. one of the places you can go wrong. And especially go wrong if you are expecting health and wealth, right? I mean, uh, just general prosperity. 
God, I firmly believe that there is blessing that exists and blessing that comes to uh, us when we follow how our creator wants us to live and are um, in step with with his design. Whether that is how we want to live, uh, how, how we live our lives practically, but also how we spend our time, money, and energy um, if we spend that on kingdom endeavors. I firmly believe that there's a blessing there. Um, and simply like, and in very simple terms that there, God created, um, right. God God created marriage between a man and a woman. There is a blessing that happens when we honor that and step into marriage as a covenant between a man and a woman. And there is hardship that happens when we step out of that, right. We see that in our society. I think like just in basic designs, like maybe you, you, you walk how your creator designed you to walk, you're going to life's going to be easier. There's going to be blessing. Yeah. yeah. I also think there is blessing when we engage in the kingdom work that God mm-hmm. wants us to engage in. That might not be blessing of wealth and health, but it, mm-hmm. it might be a blessing of incredible joy of seeing uh, lost souls one to yeah. Jesus, or yeah. it might, it might be, um, you know, uh, uh, being able to establish community where there was no community. Um, so this is just a different type of blessing. I think yeah. when we hear blessing in our Western culture, mm. man, do we think, oh, blessed means big house, cars, good vacation home. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag too, too blessed to be stressed, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think our mind goes to, in this Western culture, oh, blessed means material blessing. Mm. Kingdom blessing is, could be different. It might include that, but it could be different. Yeah, so I don't know, that makes could sense. look different. And uh, I think you were referring to this earlier, uh, Adam. But the timetable could be different, right? Yeah, for sure. In the old uh, or in the New Testament, you know, we're exhorted. It's like, look, you have need of patience, mm-hmm. so that once you have done the will of God, you will receive what's been promised. Yeah, yeah. I was right, going to say, oh, are we out of time? Oh yeah, I was going to say another one. Well, other danger, and this is one thing we talked about on Sunday, is just because you're prioritizing the Lord's work like with your hands and your time doesn't mean your heart actually mm. is given to the Lord. Like we can start to do religious things thinking like this is what's going to make God happy. And they're all good things, right? Go to church, be in a small group, serve your neighbor, um, et cetera, et cetera. But if our heart isn't in repentance and connection with the Lord, like it doesn't matter the things that we do. And so we start to trust, not trusting our works for salvation necessarily. I mean, maybe people do that, but like we're trusting the things we do to do something for us. And, and I, did, I think Haggai, that's one of the things he's, he's re- reminding them not to do is like, Hey, like repentance is what I want. Like I want you and your heart. And then I want your hands. So I think that's. I think it's a great word to end on. Thank you, Adam. Yep. That, that's tremendous, man. Well, once again, welcome to the deeper dive. Hope you guys enjoyed it today. Guys, it was fun for me to be with you. Um, if you want to check us out, you can go to Bethel.ch. Uh, there are many ways for you to get involved in our church. Uh, we've talked about some of them earlier during our local fest. There's many nonprofits that our church is tied up with. Uh, so get on, get onto the website, check it out. We'll see you guys next week.